Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Um, taking a look at uh, a story that's been bouncing around in the news this week and kind of an interesting um decision by the judge. There's a civil trial that's underway in Alberta right now, has been for a while. Um, It's a few churches and a handful of individuals taking the government to court over some of the public health orders that were brought in during the pandemic. Now, Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, has spent a lot of time on the stand this week, and there was a real legal battle over cabinet confidentiality, whether or not she was entitled to that with some of the discussions she had with government around public health restrictions. Um, And the decision was made this week that no, she doesn't. So uh, let's get some insight on exactly what goes into a decision like that and what it means. We're going to chat with Sean Fluker, who is a law professor at the University of Calgary. Sean, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So now, in this instance, the judge was decided uh, asked basically to decide if she should be compelled to disclose what she talked to cabinet about in their discussions around public health restrictions. Right? Is it that simple? Uh, well, not entirely. I mean, it's not. Uh, I, I think initially that's exactly what uh, uh, Dr. Hinshaw was asked to disclose. But the the questions which Justice Romaine. Uh, chose to ask Dr. Hinshaw are quite a bit more specific than that. Yeah, because um, she actually decided she had three questions that she wanted to ask. So what was she looking for in making her decision? Right. So, I mean, I guess the the general question that the applicants were looking for were to ask Dr. Hinshaw if she could uh, tell them, you know, what recommendations were made uh, to Cabinet and whether any of those recommendations were... um, you know, ignored or not otherwise followed. Justice Romaine rejected that request and instead um, decided to ask Dr. Hinshaw three questions, uh, which relate more to, um, you know, did Cabinet direct her to impose more uh, severe restrictions in her orders than she had recommended the Cabinet? Now, of course, government pushed back, uh, the lawyers saying, no, no, there's cabinet confidentiality involved here. She ruled against them in this instance. Walk us through that decision. Why did she decide that cabinet confidentiality did not extend, at least in this instance? Right. Well, I I, I think, you know, it's helpful to understand what cabinet confidence is and and what function it serves in sort of modern government. So I'll say a few words about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so... I mean, so cabinet confidence is a you know a convention of our of our government, and you know it's really there to help ensure that cabinet, which of course is sort of the inner sanctum of of our system of government, uh, the cabinet ministers um, you know are, are feel free to you know express you know differing opinions or positions on you know what really what amount to significant issues uh, for uh, for the government, and so cabinet confidence or cabinet secrecy, if you like, is there to ensure that those discussions can take place, various factors can be raised, you know, there can be open dispute within cabinet, 
but ultimately the decision that's made, you know, uh, is a, is a collective decision. And so cabinet, you know, cabinet confidence or cabinet secrecy is there to ensure that the government puts forward, uh, you know, a, a, a collective position on these sorts of issues. Um, and so that's the sort of general convention and that's what, you know, protects those discussions. Of course, we're in an era of, of you know, a significant push for openness and transparency. So this convention has, you know, sort of been under attack mm-hmm. over the last few decades. And that's what's at stake here, right? And that is to say, you know, what, you know, in the context of the discussions between the chief medical officer of health and cabinet, and this is, these discussions, this particular litigation goes back to the, the uh, the second declaration of a public health emergency in the fall of 2020. And so, you know, what the applicants are looking for is, you know, they want, you know, they want, you know, to know, you know, what was discussed in those, in those meetings, right. In those cabinet meetings. Uh, And so that's, that's the government is protecting that, that confidence function, which, which does serve a a really important um, role in, in modern government. So that's, that's, that's what this particular ruling here is about. And Justice Romaine has decided that the three questions that she chose to ask Dr. Hinshaw um, are questions that, you know, Dr. Hinshaw's answers would not would not violate that that secrecy convention, if you like. Right. And, you know, and like you say, you've got to balance transparency against that confidentiality. She came down with this decision, but it's not a done deal. Government, of course, appealing this, right? So it's not like everything's changed immediately here. There will be appeals, do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I think because just that the the general, the the significant importance of cabinet confidentiality and the sort of general operation of government, I think really, you know, calls on the government to, to think about this, um, you know, to, to, to think about this carefully as to sort of whether they want to, you know, appeal this or not. I mean, the, the yeah, I mean, the, the questions themselves, though, are, are very specific. And I think Justice Romaine was careful to, to, to work through the balancing act that courts engage in. So, you know, the, the other thing about cabinet confidence is that it's not an absolute uh, principle. Once decisions like these get put before the courts, um, you know, there is a balancing act between that need for cabinet secrecy and the need for the administration of the judicial process to be seen as open and transparent. And so the courts have developed tests where they have decided, you know, in what instances uh, do we believe that, you know, cabinet confidence can be pierced such that, you know, we can disclose some of the outcomes of those discussions. And that's precisely what Justice Romaine has decided this week. She has concluded that Dr. Hinshaw's answers to these, you know, three questions as to, you know, did cabinet um, direct you to impose more severe restrictions than you did? Um, Whatever Dr. Hinshaw's answers are to those questions, Justice Romaine has decided those answers will not uh, impinge on you know the the inner sanctum of cabinet confidence, and she and like you say, she's being very specific. It's not an all or nothing. She's saying in some instances, and we need to be very careful about what those instances are. What about precedents in terms of, like you say, cabinet confidentiality needs to be there, and you know decisions like this, and the government will need to push back in order to try and protect cabinet confidence. I mean, in terms of where this decision will take things in the future, what are the concerns around that? Well, I think the nature of the questions here, I think, limits 
in my own view anyways, limits the concerns there. I mean, I think it's also important to keep in mind that, you know, cabinet confidence also gets pierced in instances where, you know, there's a decision to hold, for example, in a case like this, a, what I think needs to happen, which is, you know, a, you know, a full and proper public inquiry into, into the decision-making process. It's very common uh, for those public inquiries to have the authority to investigate these sort of cabinet discussions. Um, there can be, you know, cases where there's allegations of serious misconduct on the part of uh, on the part of ministers and and also, you know, former ministers who you know, subsequently resign yeah. or leave politics. I mean, so it's not like these discussions don't come out. Um, so I, the the precedent side of it, you know, I, particularly given the the, the, the significant specificity of these questions i don't personally i don't i don't really i don't really see it um myself anyways i the broader question which justice romaine uh you know rejected which is you know dr hinshaw can you tell us what recommendations you've made to cabinet that were either ignored or where you gave instruction or, or where you were given instructions opposite to your recommendations now that nature of question would definitely raise serious uh, issues in this context. But I mean, Justice Romaine has been careful to not go down that path, I think. Yeah. So just being careful and selective seems to be the defining feature of this decision for you. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And again, I, I, I think this, you know, this, this all this, you know, this litigation relates back to the fall of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when the second wave, uh, the, you know, the public health emerged second um, state of public health emergency was imposed, and you know the the the, uh, the opposite. The Alberta NDP were calling for um, disclosure on these discussions as well, right? So this is not a new issue, um, really. The the secrecy that has you know, or the the lack of transparency, I'll put it that way, that has surrounded the um, governance of you know the the. The pandemic. Um, I mean, this has been a problem for, from day one. So these these cases they don't they don't surprise me at all. And this this is this isn't the only one. Oh, there's a bunch of them, right? There's there's a bunch of them, and and so this this is going to have to be resolved one way uh, or the other. And uh, you know, certainly I've been on the record uh, for a while now, as have many others, saying you know we we need a a, a full and proper. Uh, you know, public inquiry into um, you know how how the pandemic was uh, was addressed, and and uh, Dr. Hinshaw did submit an affidavit into this litigation, and, and actually it's a it's a lengthy affidavit, and uh, it it uh, it runs through you know a lot of the data. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's the sort of thing that we would I think like to see um, considered and and questioned in the context of a you know, of a, of a public inquiry as opposed to a you know, more of an adversarial process right. like this, where the applicants are, you know, looking for a specific outcome. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. Um, Sean, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Sean Fluker, who is a law professor at the University of Calgary. I think, he, you know, he wraps it up there on a really good point, right? I think we all... And, and, and one of the things I have said from day one through this pandemic is if we don't learn from this, because we did a lot of things wrong, there's no question. The way we ended up with such division and, you know, I mean, uh, the, the problems that we have caused within society that are going to last much, much longer than our concerns over the virus um, are, are, are going to be the really 
the sad part of this years down the road. So it only makes sense that we would make sure we don't repeat the same mistakes should this happen again down the road, which, you know, everybody tells us it is going to happen um, down the road. So we have an opportunity to hear, I think, an inquiry and an examination of the way we did things and why we did things and what we screwed up and what we should have done differently only makes sense. But, of course, people are going to be worried about how it's going to make them look or how it's going to reflect on them, and uh, it's not going to be easy to do. And there's so many of these court challenges, but if we don't learn from this through cases like this and study of how we came to the decisions we came to and whether we should have done it differently, we're missing a big opportunity. 